everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy basketball tools and analysis on the entire internet. Go check them out right now, HashtagBasketball.com. And brought to you by ThriveFantasy.com. Do you like daily fantasy? Do you like prop bets? Have you ever wanted to do them at the exact same time? Well, you can do that on thrivefantasy.com. And if you use the promo code WTB, as in boy, as in boxes, as in watching the boxes, WTB, you can get a free $20 with your first twenty uh, deposit of $20 or more. That is thrivefantasy.com, promo code WTB. I'm your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Tyler P. Watts. What's up, Tyler? Michael, I, I usually reserve this question for non-fantasy related topics, right? My opening question, try to get the listeners to know you better. Um, Very kind of you. But I think today I might go for a fantasy question because this revolves around your Chicago Bulls. Oh, all right. You, you um, I will say these questions usually are um, out of left field, but I was really not expecting this one either. I was certainly not expecting a fancy basketball question at the beginning of the podcast, and not especially not one about the Chicago Bulls. It's so too, it's too on the nose for me. So your man, I heard maybe your best friend. I cannot confirm and nor deny these rumors. I get around Chicago. Zach Levine is okay. ranked fifth in totals so far this season. Fifth. Hmm. That's uh, pretty, pretty good. Pretty... So here's my question. Yeah. Are you buying, selling, or holding Zach Levine in fantasy? Well, number one, the Bulls have a competent coach, and the Bulls are obviously a better team with competent coaching and everybody seems uh you know Wait, rel- is, is there a team that's that's better without competent coaching question um <laughs> who uh well i was gonna say whoever um the the, the clippers but maybe not um okay they're much better if they just like if they just hang out yeah just let Kawhi do whatever he needs to do move they on do the life. muddle huddle just let him run all kinds of random plays that don't make any sense yeah i think that that's how the clippers could win the championship if they just if they stopped coaching um zach levine is certainly not going to get like this is his ceiling ceiling like this is a very he's he's playing fantastic. His assists are way up in the last couple of weeks too. He's like oh he's like above seven assists per game. His steals are way up too. This is his ceiling stealing. Um, I think you have to sell. You should always sell high at someone's ceiling. You should always sell at somebody's ceiling. I would sell him if I'm getting a second round player back. Like I I think though. Zach Levine is doing what we thought Devin Booker would be doing right now. And it actually might be doing something better than Devin Booker could do overall. Like he, he looks like he's putting up Devin Booker stats, correct? Yeah. I guess my question more is, has, is this, and maybe you're not looking at it this way, but, but maybe this is my thing is, is Zach Levine just underrated now? Like, is he a guy who gets picked lower than he should because he's on the Bulls or whatever? Like, he's actually better than everyone thinks he is. Well, I, I am a little biased because he, uh, he is probably one of the worst defensive guards in the entire league. Um, but yes, I would say absolutely. Though he was starting to get a lot, uh, a little bit more credit because he was playing hero ball last year, and everybody started being like, "Man, he's he's scoring twenty seven points a game. I'm going to draft him this year." But like, this is someone who is starting, like, starting to head towards those top tiers. He's not a, he certainly is not a plateau player. I didn't have him as a plateau player, I don't think, but I actually think he was barely above a plateau player to me. And this, like, now he's solidifying himself as like 
easily a tier player, maybe even a second tier, third tier, uh, somewhere in that range. The rest of the season, I do think he can play as well as his current season average. Like in the last two weeks, he's playing out of his damn mind. But there's no reason why he can't continue to, you know, shoot well play well for the bulls hit tons of so then the only thing that could revert a little bit is his is his field goal percentage uh but his field goal percentage if it goes from what 49 percent 50 percent down to what like 46 47 he's still gonna be a pretty damn good player the assistant rebounds are still gonna be there for a guard he he also he looks like a bradley beal devin booker type player now I'd argue you should buy then because he went like he went in the third round in almost every draft, right? Yeah. Finished in the, he finished 25th last season in totals. He's in the top five right now. And even if you're looking at per game, he's in the top 10. So if you're telling me that he's going to be a top 25 player, I think you should buy because I think most people are looking at him as a third round player. Yeah. Unless you, I mean like, it depends on what you what you think you can get for him, right? And, and that's always the thing with trades. If you can get rid of him and get someone like Bradley Beal or Devin Booker, uh, I mean, I would probably do it for Bradley Beal for sure. I'm not even sure I'd do it for Devin Booker right now because I don't know what's going on with the Phoenix Suns and the whole Chris Paul. Uh, I thought he would make everybody better, but he's somehow kind of neutered. Um, the, the, the best two fantasy players on that team for some reason. Um, I'm sure in the long term everything will kind of revert back or whatever. Um, but if if you're saying like the has the the common mentality changed on Zach Levine yet, and I, I think you're right. I don't think it has. Right, and so we talk about this all the time that like sometimes you're buying, you're just buying, right? Like you're yeah. not buying low, you're just buying because the player the 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 perception of his value doesn't meet the actuality of his value. Yeah, you you could call it buy high. But in reality, you're swindling someone saying like, oh, I'm buying high here. But actually, you think you're uh, I'm giving you like a kind of equal ish value player uh, that that you think you should get for Zach Levine. When in reality, Zach Levine is actually taking a step up and he's playing better and he's actually worth more than the player I'm giving you. Indeed, I think it's a good move. Um, it's the middle of week five. It is already a mess. Um, Usually we do our waiver wire um, segment. We look at buy low, sell high. Uh, We're going to do a little bit of that, a little bit of this, but Tyler, uh, the postponements are now and have switched philosophy and the NBA is now sitting teams completely when there is um, a COVID. Well, they've um, sat one team completely. Yeah, True. Now, the question is, is this the new thing that they are going to keep doing, or are they going to, at some point, be forced to revert back to what they have been doing? And it sounds good to say they're going to do it this new way, right? So they canceled three – they actually canceled a Grizzlies game, and then they canceled three in a row saying, okay, you're in the – you have someone that tested positive – you are tracing the rest of your team. We're putting you on the sidelines for the rest of this week. And we're going to, and actually they, they canceled Monday's game too. And we're going to basically see where you end up. Yeah. Was this a particularly bad outbreak? Did someone almost certainly have it? Did multiple people certainly have it? We, we really don't know. The problem with this strategy is it does not take very long for you not to have enough teams left to play. Correct. And on top of that, as you were telling me earlier, and you feel free to tell the viewers about the Wizards, they're like statistically probably not going to be able to get all their games in this season. Yeah, the math is getting very, very tight for them because they have canceled already now for over a week. And they did not want to play on Friday night because they felt like, yes, they have eight people, but they barely practiced. They did not weren't allowed to practice for a full week. They finally got back to practice on Wednesday. And so they had Wednesday and Thursday and the league wanted them to play. They said they didn't want to play. The league canceled that game on Friday. I think they are returning to action on Sunday, but do not quote me on that. Um, So yeah, like, and you know, you put 
two teams on the sideline, it doesn't sound that bad. But when if you're going to put three, four, five, six teams on the sideline, at some point the schedule math doesn't work out because, you know, okay, if those teams are playing each other, it's not that bad. But when those teams are playing other teams, now you got 12 teams out. Well, that's like half the league. So it'll be interesting to see if they can keep doing the strategy that they did with Memphis or if they have to basically shift back to making teams play with like eight people. So my question for you is, cause I, we've, t- I've already talked about this. We've talked about this in previous episodes. If you're in a Roto league, I'm maxing my games out right now. I'm just taking my bench. I'm playing them as much as I want. I'm going to, I'm maxing my games out because well, and- come, come March, I don't know what's going on. And I, I think too, it's easier to max your games out because you can pick up some dudes that you know are going to get big minutes, right? Be able to be for injury or be it for COVID issues. I mean, like you can pick up somebody and get a, a real good quality start. And so you should definitely be doing that as much as possible. Exactly. On top of that, I got my strategy, right? But, on, but, but I'm in head to head leaves too. If, you had the choice, Tyler. You personally, you had the choice. You're the commissioner. You're the uh, of the league, and the 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 rest of the teams in the league say, "Hey, Tyler, you get to do whatever you want to do here. We we trust you and your choice here." Would you move your playoffs up, keep your playoffs where you they are, or forego playoffs entirely in a head-to-head league? Ah. Well, it's okay. I guess it depends on the kind of league. And, and when I say that, I mean, like, what are the stakes, right? If we're just playing for fun, and I and I play in a couple of these leagues. We just play for fun, man. Like, there's there's maybe 20 bucks on the line. Everybody puts in yeah. 20 bucks, and the winner I'm in, takes it. I'm in, I'm, in a, I'm, in, I'm in a couple of leagues. It's all for pride. Right, and, and that's cool. And if that is the case, we're playing for fun. We just like to watch basketball and root for guys. I think you play it to, till the end, basically. Because why not, right? Like, you're just doing it for fun. Who cares? Um, if it's, like, kind of a higher stakes league or, you know, something big is on the line, I think you probably hold the playoffs where they've been just because you're hoping the landscape looks better. You're hoping that, you know, there gets to be a vaccine or things just get better as the season goes on. Um, I don't know that that's a certainty, obviously. But I think that's probably what I would do. Yeah, because I, I feel like moving fair. the playoffs up, like what, like how is that really going to solve anything? Like, there's still going to be teams going through issues. Then, like, you're not really solving anything by moving the playoffs up. And you could say let's not do playoffs at all. But in a head-to-head league, like, I mean, I guess really, if you wanted the best team to win in a head-to-head league, you wouldn't do playoffs at all any year because. Right, like just like any reason, if we wanted the best team to win, we just play a bunch of games, and then the team with the best record would be the champion. Yeah, Playoffs are, be... are built for drama and intrigue, right? And like giving everyone a chance. And so, I think you just let it go. Yeah, it'd be like EPL rules. And I thought, so the correct answer was uh, don't have playoffs at all and don't play in a head-to-head league, Tyler. But you almost got it. Uh, but no, I agree with you. Uh, if you are in a money-money league with strangers. Chances are you're just going to have to leave it as it is. I think if you're in a money league with friends, you have that discussion. What do you want to do with the playoffs this year? You put it to a vote. Everybody votes. There you go. If you're in a fun league, well, it actually doesn't really matter if you're in a fun league, but I would I would probably forego the playoffs in a fun league uh, as well. I feel like, too, in a fun league, like, I don't stress stress at all about it. Like I'm just like whatever everyone wants to do, man. I'm cool. Let's just play it. Let's have fun. Like I feel like some people stress too much about fantasy sometimes. Yeah, they they certainly do. This is a weird year. Let it roll. Let it roll off you. If you're if you're stressed about your fantasy league, there's a lot uh, worse things that could be happening, and a lot worse things are happening. Um, let's talk about the waiver wires. Let's talk about what's going on. Uh, in the waiver wires and actually the weird I'm, I'm, I'm gonna st- i'm gonna start with a guy who is only rostered in eight percent of leagues somebody you brought up before we started recording he's back on friday against the bulls uh a fan favorite of tyler's cody zeller wait how is it a fan favorite of tyler's that doesn't that yeah. doesn't even make any sense the fan so favorite i'm of the only fan yes. of, 
or I have like individual fans inside myself that that are yeah. for different like a fan favorite. You're it's it's your fan favorite. You have fans. Your favorite fans favorite player is Cody Zeller. <laughs> That's Michael, what I'm yes. not sure you're making any sense to anyone. <laughs> I haven't in years. <laughs> oh, but, but Zeller is supposed to be back on Friday, right? Um, which is good. The Hornets need need a Cody Zeller. Um, the good part about Cody Zeller is he can offer you some big man stats. The bad part about Cody Zeller is he always seems to get hurt. Yep. Almost so, at all times. But... We've talked about this. What the hell is Charlotte? What's going on in Charlotte? Like, who who's really gonna like? Who's gonna take those? Who's gonna drag those minutes from Cody Zeller, PJ Washington, who's been like a de facto center, Bismack Biombo, who they really don't want to play because they've shown in games where everybody's healthy, Bismack Biombo doesn't get minutes sometimes. Like Cody Zeller is effective in like twenty five minutes a game. Those 25 minutes are there. Oh, yeah, they're wide open. You know, this guy you could see averaging like 10, 7, close to a block, couple assists, 0.7, steals, like good, you know, pretty good percentages. Like he's usually a fairly good free throw shooter. You know, he could just kind of get you a bunch of stuff. And he's not sexy. He's probably more of a streamer in a standard league. But I feel like if I need some of those big man stats, need some rebounds, need a block, need, you know, he's not the worst pickup. Yeah. I think I'm going out there right now. I'm looking at where he, uh, what leagues he's available in. And it's almost every single league I'm, I'm looking at. Uh, you're talking about a, uh, a player on every single waiver wire who is about to get you some good rebounds against the bulls. I just go, um, you know, I'm, I'm picking him up right now. As we're talking right now, I'm picking him up, getting him on at least one of my uh, one of these rosters. Um, I, I probably could do this after the show. People are listening to the podcast. They want to hear content, not me clicking. But guess what? You're going to hear me clicking. Um, that's probably my, my go-to waiver wire pick right now. But let's look at some of these other uh, players who are rostered, and you know, let's just let's push it up a little bit. Let's say under under sixty five percent of leagues. Let's just say that. Um, right now, Shake Milton. This is only rostered in sixty four percent of leagues. I don't know what to make of Shake Milton because he's getting a lot of good minutes. He's having some really good games, but I can't say that I picked him up in almost any any league, even when I had the opportunity. What's his his long-term lookout? His long-term? Well, Seth Curry's about to be back. His long-term might not be that great. But he has been having some good games. Um, Shake Milton is, dude, Protein Shake. A great basketball reference nickname, first off. Let's just just throw that out there. That is solid. Um, Shake Milton is not a big blocks and steals guy. Just not, we, you know, I'm not a big fan of that. So far, really, he's been kind of empty calories, right? Like he's just threes and points and not a ton else. Um, when they were relatively healthy at the beginning of the season, he was averaging not a, that many minutes either, like less than 25 a game. So if you're looking for like 13 points and some threes, Shake Milton probably not the worst pickup, but there's probably better guys on your waiver wire, especially in a standard league. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking to move him right now. If that's if I have him on my team, which um now I'm I'm going out here, all these all these leagues I'm in, he's he's picked up. Yeah, he looks like he's picked up most of these. Um, well, so they they he's been playing. Of, well, they were one of the teams dealing with the yeah. the heavy COVID issues too, and so a lot of their guys. All got picked up, and then you know these are now. and these are fantastic stats too. He put up some great stats in the last three games. Uh, I think you gotta, I think you gotta, get, you gotta move him now because I, I even for really anything that's standard thing relevant. Well, yeah, because Seth Curry's coming back on Friday. Yes. So I mean, and whose minutes is he gonna take? Is he gonna take Ben Simmons or is he gonna take Shake Milton's? I think we both know the answer to that question. I I do know the answer to that question. Um, 
sadly, I was kind of excited about uh, Davis Bertrand's coming back. And I, I had picked him up in a few leagues, especially where I was a little light in uh, three-pointers. And now he's back out injured. Um, are you holding on to Davis Bertrand's through this so, second injury? So he uh, – we should tread lightly here. Okay. Because he is in the health and safety protocols, which does not mean he has the COVID. Okay. Um, yes. But I thought, I thought he was injured. I thought he had, he'd pull something. I do not believe so. Okay. Um, Maybe I'm wrong. But there, this this whole health and safety protocol thing has been. I get it. I get why why they're doing it, but it has been much longer than most people expected for most of the players that have gone in it. Like a lot of people were thinking, oh, it's seven to ten days. Very few players have come back in seven to ten days. Like Michael Porter Jr. is the 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 case number one like he was one of the first guys to go in it and he may finally be returning to the court on friday he has not played a game since december 29th that is a long time so for almost a month (coughs) excuse me and dallas had dallas had four players go into it and they've already all missed two weeks plus now So, yeah, that's brutal. So, you know, we thought this was going to be, uh, uh, you know, you're going to miss him for a week, but it's really turning into two weeks. And in some cases, like Michael Porter Jr., it's been almost a whole month. Yeah. So I don't know what to tell you when you have someone go in the health and safety protocol. Other than stash him on your IR, if they're one of your bench players, especially in a standard type league, you probably just want to cut because – the absence could be much longer than you're planning. Yeah. I would say if you're under the top 75, it's, it's now going to be a cut for me because I've already lost a couple weeks due to uh, these postponement of, uh, postponements of games. Um, I'm playing from behind in some leagues that I'm very surprised that I'm playing for, uh, from behind in right now. And Hey, that's that, right? I'm cutting Davis uh, Bertrand's for sure in the leagues that I have him in. Uh, but for the rest of the season, with the rotation that happened uh, in Brooklyn, would you rather have Joe Harris rest of the season or David Bert- Davis Bertrand's? If they're both healthy, they're all. And we, and we, you know, who knows what who who's going to play when? But let's say they're all healthy. I think Joe Harris. I you know what I, I think Joe Harris is usually underrated in fantasy. He's good. They do sim- They have very similar games. Yes, and Joe Harris like is just a monster shooter. And if any team is going to create a ton of floor space, isn't it that Brooklyn Nets team? He's just going to stay in the corner. He's going to hit threes. That's all he's going to do. And from what we've seen so far, which is a very limited sample size from you know their new big three playing together, like they're going to get in some track meets. You know um, what I mean? Th- yeah, they are not playing defense. Well, and. Is Kevin Durant their center? Like, I know they started DeAndre Jordan, but look at that double overtime game. Like, he played, like, 20 minutes. And they mostly played lineups where Kevin Durant was the big man? Am I crazy about that? No, not not at all. Like, DeAndre's there. DeAndre plays. But DeAndre cannot play the entire game. He like the this thirty-seven minutes. I he, I just saw him play. I was their like, their oh. main lineup, and I guess you could say Jeff Green was the center. But their main lineup in that game against the Cavs was Durant, Green, Irving, Harden, and Harris. So does that make Durant the center? I think it does because he is the shot blocker on this team. I mean, he's seven foot tall. He's the tallest dude on the court, really. Right. So. I think there's going to be a ton of minutes for Harris. I think he's going to he's going to get buckets because he's going to be left wide open and the dude can really shoot. Yeah, I I agree. It's um the Karis LeVert thing is real. Um, I haven't heard an update on that, but it's really um, you know it, it doesn't sound great, right? Um, they found some sort of a lump or growth, uh, a, a mass on his kidney. 
Um, and uh, honestly, I don't know if they would have caught it unless he he, he would have got traded and had to go through the uh, the physicals for and the MRIs for these teams. Um, he sounds like he's going to be out for six to eight weeks. So it sounds like they might either be doing surgery. I don't I don't know what's going on here. And so I, 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 I think I, it, it sounds terrible. I think we're trying. So I, don't quote me on in this. I think they're basically trying to figure out what the mass is and why it's there right now. Um, I've heard some things that I won't necessarily report here, but it, it, it doesn't look good for him as far as like him playing anytime soon. And that's fine with me as long if he's getting healthy, I don't care. Right. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't, ex- if you have him, I think it's definitely IR or cut probably like, and if you need to cut, I think you cut because I don't think he'll be playing anytime soon. Wishing him well. Hope he gets healthy. Hopefully it's nothing that bad. Um, but yeah, he, I doubt we see him before March. Yeah. That's uh, it's a shame, but also uh, maybe the timing, hopefully the timing of that trade was fortunate enough to catch something early, not late. Um, yeah. He even said that, right. The, the trade base could have saved his life that like, Hope so. He felt fine. There was nothing wrong. He was just humming along, playing pretty well, and then yeah, boom. It was, he was playing pretty well. Let's talk about a guy I'm also uh, – well, let's talk about another guy. Let's talk about something um, that is surprising. You know, why do we never talk about a girl? That's all I'm trying to figure out. We're always talking we, about all these guys. Um, we could talk about um, – what, what's it? It's not Kelly Hammond, is it? Becky Hammond, the Becky the, Hammond, the, the, the Spurs fill-in coach who won a game for him. Yeah, did she, she win that game? I think she won that game. I think, right? she, won, I, I think she did. Shut up. It goes Hammond. on Pop's record though, which is total BS. I feel like Pop should just like get kicked out of like every other game because he's bored. <laughs> did I love I love the coach the game and like like all I think feel like everyone every coach about does it they like you can just tell they're just so fed up and it's like the first quarter and they're just like they just yeah. purposely get thrown out like I've had enough of you I, I find <laughs> it I always find it very interesting when a coach gets kicked out in like the the first quarter like I I think that happened in da- with Dallas not that long ago, did it? It did. Rick Carlisle took a, an early shower on the second of a back-to-back. He just could not hack it anymore. <laughs> These guys are so, like, so focused on and so psycho about the game. You would hope they'd, like, peace out, go back into the back, uh, you know, have some ribs, have a beer, chill, smoke a bowl. But I bet you instead they're just watching the game and yelling at the screen. <laughs> Probably. Like, like psychopaths. I also always wonder how, like, things don't ever change that much. Like, I know they, like, make game plans and all that. But I always feel like he might be just, like, whispering out to the clubhouse attendant who's running out on the court and telling the other guy what to do. Yeah. I mean, it's not that hard to have, like, a, a two-way s- sort of discussion. Uh, they do it all the time in, in, in the NFL. So it wouldn't be that hard to – maneuver that into uh, your into your assistant coach's ear um but enough about rick Carlisle. i want to talk about an extraordinary performance over the last over the last week probably maybe not the most shocking performance but also the, i think the most notable performance in the uh in the last uh, yeah last week clint capella is d- a destroyer of worlds for the first time, I've and I, I think if I look, if I go back um, in his career, it's not like he wasn't getting twenty damn rebounds in games for the Houston Rockets. He was, he was getting twenty. He's got, he had a stretch of five games in a row that he played in where he had twenty or more rebounds. He had his first 20 rebound game, 27 and 26. The scoring is up though, Tyler. 27 and 26, a steal and five blocks with two assists. I know. He's actually down from his 2018 2019 season. He averaged 16.6 points a game. Quico Pella has been an underrated big man for a while. I agree. The the issue with him this season, especially in, in draft season, was 
many people assumed that the Hawks were going to go a little bit smaller and play some Gallo. Plus they, they drafted a Kung Wu to be the backup center. And so they thought maybe he was going to steal some of his minutes and Capella's minutes were going to be kind of down, but he's playing 30 a night and looking very good. And, you know, also they didn't, you just were like, what are they going to do with Johnny Collins? Like, oh, how are they going to put everybody together? How is this all going to work? And, um, you know, it seems like those two can coexist together. Um, and they definitely are. Is this a buy high situation on Clint Capella? Oh, now that's a good question. And, and Capella's a guy I'd have to kind of gauge the market on, right? So he was basically going 60th overall in, in drafts this year. I think we can both agree he's better than that. And he will finish better than that. So the question then becomes, where exactly does he go? And the big problem is, right, he's a bad free throw guy. Bad, bad free throw guy. Very bad. On, on some decent volume. And so you have to have the right team. And in Roto, he's really hard to trade for because, you know, those free throws drag you down. But if you take out his free throws, now he doesn't shoot three-pointers either, but I'm not going to take that out because I feel like if you take out too much, sometimes you hurt yourself. He is the 35th-ranked player if you just take out free throws. Mm. That's, that's very nice. And also, and I haven't, I haven't done the research yet, but it feels like at least – uh, in passing, that double-digit rebounds are down this year. Oh, you want to know how many players are averaging double-digit rebounds a game? Is that the let question? Me, let, me, let me hear it. Maybe I'm it, wrong. Oh, how many do you think it is? Let's go with that question first. Uh, but, and you got those guys. You got the main guys. So there's like those dudes. I would say like 11. 15. Oh, all right, I'm a little short. Maybe that's why. That includes Carl Anthony down. Towns, who's only played four games. Um, so if you're looking at, like, qualified, he's probably not on there. But there have been 15 that average it basically any number of games played. There were only 12 people last year and 14 people the year the season before that. Yeah, re- rebounds for some of these guys are way up, which is um, good, but it's a little strange that some of these guys are actually averaging over double digits, I think. Like Julius Randle's averaging 11 a game. That seems like a lot. Yes. Uh, DeMontis Sabonis, 12.6. That seems like a, a hefty sum. Jared Allen in 27 minutes is averaging over 10. It's impressive, but I liked him this year. Um, but yeah, and then Russell Westbrook is at 9.7, and then he's really the only one. Bam's at 9.4, he's the next one down. Enos Cantor, 9.3, and there's only four other three other guys that are over nine after that. So there's like 20 people averaging nine or more rebounds. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah, and see, the, that's where the drop off the drop off goes quick, too, yes. because drop guys averaging quick. eight rebounds, so eight. To 8.9, there's two, four, six. That's it. Mm, that's probably the better question. What does that standard deviation look like? Is, you know, 13 rebounds or so 15 six, rebounds, is that the same as last year's standard? Does it, does it mean the same thing as it did last year? So relatively, Alice, so let's figure this out here. Hold up, hold up. Well, I can probably figure this out for you fairly quickly. All right, don't do too much math. This is an uh, an audio um, format, and not a visual format. Um, the but, fans hate math. So the question is, is like basically, what is the the zero value? Correct. So the zero value right now, absolute zero value would be like five point seven rebounds a game. Relatively speak. Okay. All right. So, so last year is that the question? What was it last? What was year? it last year? Uh let me pull that up quick. Hold up. Hold what up. was it last year? Because I'm going to guess it is higher last year because something doesn't feel right. Rebounds. It was. Like it was six rebounds a game. It was actually there. between six and six point one was the absolute zero value. So like six point oh five. There it is, Tyler. I'm telling you, my instincts are never wrong. 
Rebounds are a little bit down this year. I can feel it. I can feel it in my bones. I can tell with the players that I have, the rebounds uh, should be better. And, and having an so, absurdly good rebounder. You know rebounder, what's causing it, I think? Let me hear it. Is those blowouts. Oh, interesting. Interesting because theory. minutes are down for for pl- big game players. For That's the true. Part, because of all these crazy games where it ends up with a 35-point spread and no one plays in the fourth quarter. So I think that's what's caught. So we're not talking about a lot, right? We're talking 5.7 to six is, is 0.3 rebounds a game. Well, people are getting that in a quarter. Right. And so I think that's it is there's blowouts are causing teams to pull the plug with six minutes ago and your rebounds will get a little bit down because you're not playing as many minutes. That, that will 100% do it. All right, Tyler, it is time for, I ask you random questions that allow the listeners to, buy low, sell high, or pick somebody up off the waiver wire based on your answer, even though these questions are completely at random. Segment for 2021. That's the the newest segment that we have. (laughs) All right, let's do it. Well, it can't be that old because it's only the 22nd, so. It's it's the brand new – no, I'm not going to do it. It's it's too long. It'll it'll take too long. DeMarcus Cousins, got to go, right? Yeah, just not playing any minutes. We talk about that all the time, right? Most important stat in fantasy, minutes per game. DeMarcus Cousins averaging, well, under 15 minutes game, 14.2. Not enough to cut it. Actually, the the, the steals and blocks are not that bad. He's averaging 0.6 and 0.9 in 14 minutes. But he can't make a shot. Yeah, he just does not look good. I You can't hold him in the standing league. Louis Dort. Rest of year, top 100. Yes or no? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Weird, weird life, right? But just a guy who's going to get you good steals. He's going to get like 13 points. The question is, I guess, so here's what's holding him back. There's no assists and there's no blocks. So those two stats could hold him back. And if the field goal percentage dips, he could actually be outside the top 100, but I think he's going to sneak in. Okay. All right. I like that. I like that a lot, actually. Uh, definitely an underrated player, only rostered in 49% of leagues. I wonder if his, if the name Dort really puts people off and picking him up. <laughs> I don't even know why. I don't even know where you're going with that, but we'll go with it. He's, a, he's a Canadian. I, I'm a fan. Yeah. I just, the, the last name Dort is not, it's not an appealing last name is all I'm saying. You see that on the way. Wait, like, wait, 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 wait. Who has an appealing last name then? A Rubio is a beautiful last name. Oh, that is a beautiful. I will yeah. give you that. There you it go. just rolls so, off the tongue. Well. Yeah, exactly. Um, Josh Richardson, ya boy. Tell me what's going on here. I know, I know he's been out for a little bit. I know that uh, he hasn't played for a while due to health and safety protocols. I kind of don't care about that part because I'm, ta- I'm kind of talking about the lackluster start to his season. So Dallas has not played their entire lineup in a game yet. So it's really hard to judge anything about the Mavericks because That's fair. Porzingis missed the first nine games. Literally the game he came back was the day Richardson, Dorian Finney-Smith and Jalen Brunson went out in the health and safety protocols. So they have, and then two more guys have since gone out in the health and safety protocols that are key rotation players. So they have not had their full team in any game yet. The good news for Richardson is he was quarantining in Denver. He's actually back in Dallas now. Yeah. I remember they left him there, right? So that's apparently, and I didn't realize this, but apparently that's the league's protocol is if you're on the road, and you test positive, you get left in that city. Well, that could, makes complete perfect sense. You don't want them traveling on an enclosed airplane if they have COVID. Right. So, uh, yes, all three of them got left in Denver. That is factually correct as as, as I know it. Um, I think Richardson's going to be good. I was hoping for more assists. I don't think those are going to come. All right. That's fair. Rest of season, Terrence Ross or Evan Fournier? Oh, Terrence Ross. Ooh, I'm going with Evan Fournier. 
Now, see, you know I have this strange love for Terrence Ross. Um, it's true. Could be his appealing last name. That is, that is. Well, and you don't want to Google the other guy's last name. So and you certainly, I mean, yeah, exactly. This is, once again, do not Google Evan Fournier's last name. Do not do it. Do not do it. Could that be the reason why you like Ross over Fournier? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, anything is possible. I think right? we're on to something here. Um, and, and I would argue this. Both of them are underrated in fantasy almost every year. Every single year. There was way back in the day, I can remember this, every single time we'd have a, dra- we'd have a draft. Uh, everybody would get drafted in Stainer League. And then uh, after the draft, I would go out to the waiver wire and I'd pick up Jason Terry. Every single year. No one would ever draft him, but there everybody he was. Had- yeah, dude. Nobody wanted to draft Jason Terry, but I was like, he's a top 50 player. I don't know why he's not on. No one drafted him. Pick him right off the waiver wire every single year. I feel like Evan Fournier is, like, is the same thing. And Terrence Ross has built himself into that player as well recently. I am with you there. Why? So maybe I missed this. Why is Fournier? Oh, okay. Never mind. He had a seven minute game. I'm like, why are his minutes for the season so down? But he only played seven minutes against Philly in the game that he got hurt. So that's why. Yes. And I think he has a limits restriction briefly. Oh, he played 28. So, I mean, maybe a little bit, but not much. Uh, all right. Well, hopefully, yeah, hopefully he does not have a minutes restriction at all. If he is on your waiver wire, go pick up. I Evan also, Fournier. I, I've noticed some teams doing this. They actually just hold the guy out a little longer. Why not? And then, and then basically bring him back at his full workload, which it's a, it's a thing, right? Like, I don't know why some teams do it that way. And some teams like put you at 20 and then they put you at 25 and they put you up to 30. Um, but yeah, so that's the, that's the thing. And it looks like Fournier is going to basically start playing 30 minutes a night and be good to go. Do you think that's what they're going to do with Darius Garland? Ooh, well, I don't know. I won't speak to that. I don't know what the Cavs uh, – do, do I say anyone ever know what the Cavs are doing? No. Very weird. Uh, them beating Brooklyn was very, very strange. Dude, that was an incredible Colin Sexton game. Like, what I don't, hell whatever game. that guy had for breakfast or lunch, like, I wish he would tell me because I'd like to eat it. Like, maybe I could be cool like him. Um, yeah, a, absolutely absurd game. And the dude hadn't hadn't played for like what? Like, dude, six, how about that shot? Well, was it sent as a double overtime? That three pointer he made with the dude like draped over him. Yeah, he's absolutely abs- I mean, absolutely on fire. I understand that, like, always sell somebody at their ceiling, right, Tyler? But this is a 22-year-old, second year in the – second, no, third year in the league. Wow, all right, this third year in the league. Um, one of the things I like to look at is can this guy put – like, legitimately put a game together like he just did? Like, that's a good sign of a player who could eventually be great is someone – in his first couple of years, able to like, I don't know, take over a game. Is well, Colin Sexton for real? Here was the, you know, not a lot of rookies that can come out and average 16 points a game on 43% shoot. Yeah, that's right? not like, really not bad. Well, and a lot of rookies, you know, if they average 16 points a game, it's like 40 or less than 40. Then he bumped it to 47 last year. Yeah. And that's a huge jump for a guy scoring 20 points a game in yeah. his second year. So the, the negative is there's not a ton of rebounds and there's not a ton of assists, but a guy averaging, if he's going to average like 25 points a game with the steal a game, two, three pointers and good percentages, that's a guy I want. Yeah. And I would argue, I would argue it's not a sell because I don't think most people are valuing Colin Sexton at his value. No, absolutely not. You're not gonna get you're not gonna get good value for Colin like Sexton. he's ranked 31st. Now, is he gonna shoot 53% from the field? I'd no. bet no. Is he gonna average 27 points a game? I'd bet nah. no. Is he gonna average 1.4 steals? I'd bet no. Maybe. But I, this guy might be a top 50 player. Yeah. I, th- I think he could easily be a top 50 player. If not, he's definitely in like that 50 to 70, and, 70 range. And he was drafted 84th. And I don't think 
many like maybe that game against Brooklyn moved the needle a little bit because a lot of people were watching that. But other than that, I don't think people have really changed their stance on his value that much. Yeah, and he's like he's shooting lights out. Uh, he came in the league shooting fairly well. Like some some guys never even like like Devonte Graham still shooting under forty percent. He's still playing a ton of minutes, but he's somehow still shooting under forty percent. Well, yeah, and I think if you look back at all the guys, all the rookies that have averaged sixteen points over the last twenty years, you look at their field goal percentage. Like forty three percent is actually above average, if not good, of the group. Speaking of the rookies, let's uh, let's close it out. Let's talk about the rookies, Tyler. Kind there of are like, some interesting yeah. rookies, and unexpectedly, so there's more more than anyone expected. I think exactly. I, I feel like a lot of people came into this league and was like, "Well, this is going to be boring rookie year. No one cares. Lamella Ball's going to shoot like shit, turn the ball over all the time." And granted, he's shooting like shit, uh, and not turn the ball over so much. Uh, Wiseman, we're like, "Oh, he looks really good. He's going to play a lot of garbage minutes." Blah blah blah. There's some other guys out here. First off, Lamella Ball looks pretty good. Yeah, I've, I've been impressed with Ball. Good rebounds, good assists, which which I think we knew. The steals are surprising. He's averaging one and a half steals a game. The percentages are bad. Well, are you watching the Are you watching these Charlotte games? I actually kind of like to watch Charlotte. Um, Lamella Ball plays this insanely strange defense where he kind of just wanders around in passing lanes. Hey, yeah, he's like the Rover, dude. Like, yeah. Uh, so they, uh, a lot of people were talking about this when the Bucks played the the Nets, right? Like, why was Giannis not guarding Kevin Durant? And he kind of plays a similar type role where he just kind of roams around and, like, tries to steal the ball and all that. This makes sense if your name is uh, Giannis or if your name is Draymond. But LaMelo Ball ain't, like – Six nine, six six ten. I mean, he's a pretty tall kid. Um, it feels like when I'm watching him that he's just completely losing whoever he is supposed to be guarding. But then he recovers really well anytime the the ball swings. It's it's a very it's like actually really fascinating to watch. It's something that kind of mesmerizes me. I, I watch him the entire time play defense, and I don't get it because I'm like any any coach would be like. Take, take this idiot out of the game because he's not even paying attention to the guy he's supposed to be guarding. Uh, but then, he, you know, he gets one and a half steals a game. Well, and his defensive advanced metrics are actually really good so far. Yeah. Yes. Um, and a lot of it is too, I think he's like, he's listed at 6'6". He looks bigger. Like he, he just looks big out there, doesn't he? He does, yeah. It's yeah, like he really a does. really big guy. And so, um, big yeah. Guy. Uh, I think it's going to be another – so the number three pick has a tendency to be the, the best guy. I think that could happen again. Like it's happened quite frequently in recent years, and this year's draft might be another one. Yeah, and when uh, Minnesota picks number one overall, it doesn't go very well. Um, haven't, ah! haven't, seen, haven't seen much from Edwards. So Edwards is struggling bad on defense, but he actually can score the ball a little bit. Now his sure. percentages are bad, but it's been 13 games. He's not starting, which which he shouldn't be starting, but and that team is bad, bad. So I I don't think we can make any kind of real judgments on on Edwards quite yet. Yeah. Um, he's had some some garbage. just poor shooting games. And the problem is, you know they don't really have a lot of guys to set him up like Rubio's out. Right. And so that second unit, like Jordan McLaughlin is leading it on some nights and well, he's just not a fantastic creator. Yeah. That's kind of fair. Um, I just feel like number one overall pick, I, I would expect something a little bit more. None of these games wow me. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I want that. I want that kind of like holy shit game. Uh, this, you know, gar- like garbage time blowout loss against Portland. He he had 26, four rebounds. Get this, one assist, two steals. His steals are bad. That was his only. He's only got two two steal games, mostly zeros, almost no blocks, almost no assists. From a fantasy perspective. 
Yeah, I don't, know. It, I don't even know what I'm looking for here. Like, I, I, from a fantasy perspective, it looks like it's going to be a lot of empty calories. Like, even it's going to be worse time, than that. It could be like 20 points and three threes and not a lot else. Yeah, I would say the opposite of that would be like Tyrese Halliburton, Patrick Williams. Those guys, uh, when they play, they eat. So, why did everyone pass on Tyrese Halliburton? Like you and I talked about this a, a few times already. Like no idea. He literally looks like he might be the second best player in this draft class, and he went freaking twelfth overall. Yeah, he looks fantastic. He started out the year off really strong. He's kind of fallen off a little. And here, here's the thing: no surprise. Like literally, no surprise that a rookie point guard um, has some some bad games, some some bad turnovers, uh, just shooting poorly. That will happen when you are you know 20 years old playing in the nba i'm already impressed with a 17 7 and 6 game right like that that already starts to be like okay i'm i'm interested in this guy what's he what's he got going on because those are the stats i i I like to see a steal over a steal a game actually in 28 minutes per game half a block in 28 minutes per game these are the types of fantasy value uh, that I like to 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 have early in a rookie's career to be like, all right, check mark. At one point, this kid's going to break out and be fantastic. Oh yeah, I'm with you there. He's just tall, long arms, does a lot of different things. And that we talked about this coming into the season. Like he has one of them. He's a versatile skill set that you love for fantasy, right? Like he can rebound, he can get assists, he can steal, block, points, good percentages, all of it. And so, yeah, honestly, as far as fantasy value, he could end up being the best guy in this class just because he can do a little bit of everything. Like like LaMelo, I think that the percentages could always be pretty bad and therefore – that's going to hurt his fantasy value. Whereas like Halliburton might not score as much and he might not get as many assists or as many rebounds, but with those good percentages, he's actually going to maybe have more fantasy value. There you go. Any of these other rookies kind of stand out to you? I know some of the, the limited playing time here, but you're, you're the rookie guy Are any of these, um, any of these statistics that some of these guys are putting up kind of catching your eye, saying, Oh, maybe I should watch, Xavier Tillman a little bit closer. I don't, I don't know. So, so like Memphis has a couple of those guys, right? That that have shown just a little bit, man, and some limited playing time. And um, Tillman is an older guy, and that's the worry there. So, like, if mm. you're looking for fantasy, like he's, you know, he was a guy who played four years at Michigan State. Like, he's probably not going to be fantastic. A guy I thought this looked good is Desmond Bain for them. Um, and now he's a little bit older guy, but like can shoot a little three could get you a steal that type of guy. He's not getting a ton of minutes, but, um, that's a guy to watch going forward, especially if this Memphis team, you know, keeps dealing with a lot of injuries or, you know, they force them to play with like eight players. If Bain and if Tillman are getting big minutes, both guys probably be worth picking up. And that's, what's going to be maybe the, the weirdest part, right? So these guys didn't get any summer league, but a lot of these rookies might get big looks in real games because of these health and safety protocols. I hope so. Is that? Yeah, I hope so. That's a crazy life to live in, but I think we're going to see a a bunch of these dudes and yeah, uh, I don't know if that's good or bad. So the bad rookie news, right. was Killian Hayes. Who's out for another eight weeks. He had a a hip subluxation, which does not sound like anything Mm, anyone should ever be a part of. I do not Um, want a subluxation in my life. Right. So, um, yeah. So I don't, I don't even want to sublet, let alone a subletization. Uh, another rookie, though, who I thought has looked good, hit that game winner the other night, Cole Anthony. I think he's a guy actually that probably should be picked up and owned um, in leagues with the injury there to Markel Fultz. He's going to play big minutes. He's going to be pretty good. So he's probably rookie fantasy value at the end of the season right now. Cole Anthony probably in the top five. Oh, wow. I mean, the minutes are there, right? The playing time is there. They need a point guard. He has a potential. He's a rookie. Why, why not? Like, uh, your thoughts on the minutes, 
your thoughts on a guy who's been playing and, and probably won't be playing as much um, here coming up, but Tyrese Maxey, what do you think about him? I thought he's looked just okay. Um, He's got some like interesting flash to him, right? I kind of, I, I like his, like, I like his game. It's going to take some time. First off, he's not going to like, the minutes aren't going to be there. He's not going to play. He's a 20 year old. Um, he's able to hold himself in a NBA game against, uh, you know, grown ass, full on in their prime, best athletes in the entire world. He's able to run an offense. He's able to play and he's able to hold his own at 20 years old. I'm keeping an eye on him long term in some of my dynasty leagues. Uh, but you know, rest of the season, I, I I I don't think the minutes are there until we get another COVID scare. What is craziest about this crazy season is so there were 60 picks in the draft. Okay. There were one, two, three, four, four draft and stash guys, right? Like just didn't didn't sign an NBA contract because they went overseas. They're still playing overseas. Okay. I want you to guess how many of the 60 picks have played at least 10 games already this season. Oh, um, a majority. <laughs> 18. So not quite a majority, right. but pretty close. A majority of the first round. Majority of the first round. Uh, yeah. So I, I just okay. think that that's, that's, not normal. Let's put it that way. So. No, that is not normal. What's even, I think, less normal is how many have played over twenty minutes, right? Oh yeah. I mean, well, and and like just in games in general, like there have been a, a crazy amount of minutes from rookies. Like Isaiah Joe, the 49th pick, has played 172 minutes <laughs> so far this season. Isaiah Joe, shout and, out Sadiq Bay. Most people probably thought Isaiah Joe would not play a second this year. Yeah, here's someone I, I don't even know who they are. Uh, Chuma Okiki. Great name. Wait, what? Did you just make up a person? No, I'm looking at this guy right now. <laughs> I'm staring him down right now. Yeah, he's in my house. He shouldn't, <laughs> he shouldn't be here. Um, Why did you over, fella? <laughs> yeah, this is weird. I don't, I don't think you should be in here. Chuma Okiki is allegedly a rookie that Orlando drafted. He is 22 years old, and he played basically like 17 minutes a game for the first like five games of the season, and then injured his knee. He's gonna be out for three to four weeks. But I, I do, I, I must have missed that memo. I don't remember him ever playing or being drafted. I still don't think this is a real person. I'm gonna have to cons- I'm gonna have to phone a friend, consult a. Consult my representative here. 16th overall pick to the Orlando Magic. Oh, oh, you're talking about the guy they picked last year. Oh, he didn't play last year, did he? He had the torn ACL. I I was wondering what you were talking about. Okay, yes. Yeah. That's why it looks like he's a rookie. You're right. It's 2020 draft. My bad. So he is. He (laughs) still didn't know he existed, Tyler. He played for Auburn and tore his ACL, I think, in the tournament, but don't quote me on that part of it. And then uh, a lot of people were, like, super hyped on him and thought he was going to go, like, in the top 10, and then he tore his ACL, and then he dropped the 16th. And obviously he didn't play a second last year, and then yeah, now he's back. So, Well, he got injured. Uh, hopefully it's not the same knee. That would suck. That really sucks. Uh, I don't want to see any injuries. It's been a weird year already. It's um, it's been a weird um, 2021 already. If you haven't noticed, um, I think that's it for uh, you know what I don't. It's hard to do waiver wires and buy low sales high when everything's going on with the COVID postponements and all that other stuff. I think we're probably going to be freewheeling these episodes from here on out. I thought it, I, I thought we covered quite a bit of the NBA. Some players that we've probably never talked about. Tyler, uh, overall, that was pretty good. Where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tyler P. Watts. You can find me at Watch the Boxes. If you like the show, please rate, review us. Go to patreon.com slash watching the boxes. Support the show or twitch.tv slash watching the boxes. Still trying to work out some stuff. I'm, uh, I might be in some discussions with some people to do a live stream from a fantasy 
perspective. Maybe our old, old friend Kyle, Kyle McCune, maybe he can work some um, potentially Josh Lloyd into the picture. I don't know. I haven't talked to Josh Lloyd at all about this. I just saw he posted that he wanted to do some uh, online banter with NBA. I was like, well, I'm not really the NBA, but I could, I could set you up on Twitch. So um, it'll probably just be me by myself and maybe Kyle will show up. Uh, maybe maybe Tyler will show up too. That'd be nice. Michael, I'm sure you have lots of friends that you can get on there. I'm I would stop by and chat with you, you about should. fantasy. You absolutely should. I would like to get a fantasy related show. Maybe we'll just do us. We don't need anybody else. Let's just do us. Um, Twitch.tv slash watching the boxes. If you have suggestions for what we should do with that Twitch channel, hit us up on Twitter. If you're Patreon, thank you so much for subscribing. If you're just listening, thank you much, so much for listening. Take care of yourself. Be safe. And we'll see you next time. Thank you.